Welcome to the MMA Kill Shot Podcast from DFS Army. We got UFC Vegas 83 main event. Yadong Song taking on Chris Gutierrez. This card was supposed to be in Shanghai. We had four or five more fights on the card. They moved that. The road to UFC tournament postponed. Daniel Marcos versus Carlos Vera was a late addition. It's now off. Nascimento is off the card. We got Tim Elliott instead. We will talk about that, but a lot to talk about, a lot to break down. With me to do it, I'm Sniper, by the way. That is Monk over there, fresh off his first UFC event. We'll start there. How was your trip to uh, to Austin last week? It was awesome, man. All I mean, two back or back to back slam knockouts. I mean, the whole Crazy. card was full of insane. Hey, if you finishes. have a submission and then you're off the ground, let yeah. go. Yeah. I mean, real. We were just talking about fight IQ. Super good fight IQ there. Some great call outs. Clay Gleed's walkout was fantastic. Uh, I mean, the main event had one of the slickest and quickest uh, right knee, right, uh, right uh, jab or cross combos that I can uh, remember in recent history. It was just fantastic. Unfortunately, I also uh, was forced to bear witness to the murder of Bobby Green. That was. So. R.I.P. You will be getting a subpoena for that, sir. Yeah. (laughs) I got to go testify in a couple months, I think. So we're going to break down all now 11 fights on this card. We're going to talk DraftKings primarily, but we're also going to mention some betting, where some value is, mention all that good stuff. Do me a favor. Hit that like button. Check all the links out below. Comment with what your favorite fight of this awesome card is. Granted, I know there might not be a ton, but leave point is leave me a comment. Let me know what your favorite fight is, and we'll really get excited for UFC 296 next week. But for now, let's go ahead and let's dive in. Let's talk about the main event. Song Yadong taking on Chris Gutierrez or Yadong Song. I can never I know never know which way to na- say the Chinese names. I'm gonna be honest. So that's what we're gonna go with this week. I'm gonna go with Yadong Song. He is 9,200 on DraftKings, 7,000 for Chris Gutierrez on the comeback. Line on this fight, Song is a minus, what odds should I use? Let's go, let's go DraftKings odds this week, minus 380. Comeback on Gutierrez is plus 300. Uh, I'll start for this, I'll start this week and fight break in here. I got to be honest, I came pretty close to taking Chris Gutierrez. I strongly considered it. Chris Gutierrez's low kicks, look, the whole camp, the Factory X camp, no joke with those leg kicks. Um, and that really is the path to victory in that if he could land them early, not that he's going to get a leg kick KO. You can't call for that, though he has them. I would just say if he can slow down Yadong Song's movement and power and forward pressure by taking away the leg, the leg kicks, he's got a clear path to victory. I don't think this is an all-in GPP fight because I think the striking could start out relatively slow. I think Song obviously is live for a knockout at any moment, has big power and forward pressure, but he's going to have to worry about the leg kicks. And if he's a little hesitant and gets it in round two or three, I don't think either guy throws a ton of volume. Obviously, Gutierrez's price tag helps out there. I'm going to pick you, Dong Song, because of the forward pressure, and I think Chris Gutierrez might struggle with that. Um, and just kind of that's how I'm picking the fight. But Gutierrez is live. We can stack it up in cash games. I think is fine. And value, betting-wise, value, I kind of think there's value. I think the value is on the underdog side. The line is a little bit too wide for me to consider minus 380 on on Song here. So I'm going to take Song, but I don't think that's where the value side is, uh, really, in GPPs or cash games or betting value-wise. So, uh, Monk, how do you have our main event? 
Yeah, I like uh, the Song Yudong side for sure. He has only lost to Corey Sandhagen um, after that fourth round. I believe it was a corner. It was a corner or ref stoppage. I can't remember. But he did end up with 50 points in that loss. Did go through a five-round uh, fight with Ricky Simone. He did finish Simone in that fifth round. Ended up with over 100 points, over 100 significant strikes landed. Um, so we do love to see that. You know what you're going to get from Song Yudong. You know, it's a, a, a very crisp, sharp, uh, stand-up type fighter. And uh, that's what Gutierrez uh, basically is, except with a, with leg kicks instead. Um, also, Gutierrez is just—I know he's four and one, but it's—it's it's just been dis, it's been a little disappointing. I don't know what what other word to use after that. You know, Kalarish win, uh, the Dana Batgari win, uh, the Frankie Edgar knee or whatever it was. I believe the minute two minute uh, finish of Edgar um, was great, but then the highly Alatang didn't look great there. Won the fight, scored only seventy five. So I just don't know what he's going to do. For DraftKings, however, we don't have to worry about that this week because if he does get a win, as you mentioned, he's only at seven K, so you can easily uh, throw and him. He's got five one. rounds instead of three. Exactly, five rounds. You're going to get leg kicks out of him, so it just depends on how Song Yudong handles that. I tend to think there's going to be a finish in this fight, although I do think it's going to be late, like fourth, fifth round. So I will lean Song, but I'll also play some of Gutierrez. But uh, yeah, my pick is Song Yudong. Don't mind him in cash or uh, even GPP lineups at ninety two hundred. I think that's a fine play. Let's go to the next fight on the card. We got our now co-main event, which is short notice for Anthony Smith, who is the dog at 7,300, taking on Khalil Roundtree Jr. at 8,900. Line on this fight. Uh, Roundtree is the favorite, minus 205. Comeback on Smith is plus 170. Honestly, my favorite fight on the card is this one, even on short notice. I'm interested in this one. Uh, Monk, who you got? Yeah, honestly, I mean, I'm a huge Anthony Smith guy. He's from uh, my hometown, so... I always love to root for a guy like that. Plus, he's been around forever. Um, you get to see him on the desk as well, you know, on the podcast with Bisping. Always, always good. Um, and you never know what kind of Khalil Roundtree is going to show up. That said, hearing Anthony Smith on short notice doesn't make him want to play a ton of them. Neither guy really scores too well, although Roundtree does average over 100 points per win. Anthony Smith more at 91. Both guys give up well over 100 when they lose, however, which could be the, the most important part of this entire breakdown um roundtree 75 percent of his wins he has put up triple digits so you like to see that as well pretty consistent um i agree with you this is definitely a fight i will look to target not stacking like like uh the main event obviously but um i think i'm gonna pick anthony smith to be honest like you should be able to get some decent ownership on him uh i think you know everybody thinks that he's pretty much washed they've been thinking that for a couple of fights now and yet he comes through uh when, when you least expect it so what what do we got the ryan span fight that's the one i was trying to think of yes yeah, split decision there um got that win though but before that he fought uh walker and uncle i have both guys you know around title talks um I, I just think smith has a chance depending on if which roundtree uh decides to show up he hasn't fought the best competition khalil roundtree chris daukas who's been on a sharp decline Dustin Jacoby, Carl Roberson, Jacoby's the best one in this bunch, and then Modestus Bukowskis. So, yeah, I think Smith has a chance here. Crafty, veteran, who still has some left in the tank. Um, so I'm going to pick the underdog outright, and I love uh, love the price for uh, DraftKings. Yes, Roundtree's competition's a little bit down, but he's looked the best he's ever looked. Four straight wins. Jacoby is no joke as a win. And those other guys, he finished all of them round, round two or sooner. Dude is a dangerous, powerful striker. He's the thing I love about Roundtree. He's he's fucking mean in the cage. Like I remember him mm -hmm. standing over Paul Craig. 
I remember, I mean, the bicycle kicks from the ground. You do not go to the ground with ground the blew out Bukowskis' knee. Yep. I mean, legal move, like the dude is oh, yeah. great, great striker. Um, and he's mean and he hits hard. And that's the problem with Anthony Smith as he kind of ages. You can think, okay, he is slowing down. Yes, Span had power too. Roundtree, I would argue, has got more power and he's faster. Span loads up a little bit. Roundtree, when he since he got back from Thailand, like he throws things out there quick. I think he's the quicker striker. He's stronger. I would argue maybe Smith is a little more technical. And if there's grappling, Smith has got a path to victory. I'm going to pick Roundtree, but Smith has the path the path to victory if he can grapple, slow this fight down, maybe take some of the um, get uh, some lactic acid buildup and those giant muscles around tree with uh, some gra- grappling, some clinch work. I do think the path to victory is there. Just in space, I worry for Anthony Smith. And I know he hasn't been, he wasn't finished in either of his last two fights. You know, he didn't get finished by, by Johnny Walker, but because you've seen him hurt plenty. Got finished by Ankalaev. I know it's Ankalaev, but you know, I, I just... How Roundtree is looking, it's hard for me not to pick him. I'm, I'm going to pick him. I just, I agree that Smith has got a path to victory, probably a secondary GPP option in DraftKings, I think is totally fine. But for me, not like, not a, I, there's a couple other dogs I like more because on one of these cards where it's kind of a shit show, there's a lot of live dogs, unfortunately. So we'll talk about some more of them coming up. But for me there, Roundtree will be the pick. Next fight up, let's talk Najrat Hackparast. And Jamie Malarkey. Hack Parast is a minus 190 favorite. Comeback on Malarkey is plus 160. Line on this fight, Hack or for DraftKings, I should say. Hack Parast is 8,700. Malarkey is 7,500. This is interesting for me, and in that it's a fight that usually I like to pick against both these guys. I, I just do. Um, Malarkey's won three of his last four. The, the loss is. Uh, to, to Nymoff, where he got caught coming forward. And that's important. We'll get to that in a second. Hack Barras is one, two straight after losing two to Dan Hooker, Bobby Green. So obviously got a drop down in competition is slowly working his way back up. Well, Jamie Malarkey is front forward, forward pressure. Great. The problem is Najran Hack Barras throws decent counters and hits hard. And I just... For whatever reason, I see it playing out a lot like the uh, Naimov fight for Malarkey. I think he's going to go forward, pressure, and he's going to eat a big shot and get knocked out. Like, I like this fight for GPPs. I'm on the hack per ass side. Uh, I know he's the favorite. I will say, this is one of those, I mention it uh, every week here, and it's funny. I I like the dogs late in the card more than the ones early, so it's going to sound like for a little bit I'm picking every dog. I promise I'm not, but the ones here at, at, you know, on the main card, I think are the better ones uh, for obvious reasons, better fighters. Typically Malarkey is, I mentioned it last week. I think he's going to win the minutes. He just has to not get caught with the big moments in terms of the power shots, potentially getting knocked out or knocked down. And I don't think he's going to do it, but it's a dog I have to consider because he'll be winning the minutes as this fight goes on. So for me, the pick is hack for us. I'm staying away betting wise. Just no thanks. I, I don't like either enough. These guys enough to, to just want to bet this fight. I just I don't like either of them, but you have to make a play. I'll go hack press. Monk, how about for you? Yeah, I agree. It's hack press for me, although I'm not super excited about DraftKings. 
uh, possibilities. He, you know, scored one of the best scores he's ever put up against Quinones, and it was not even 100 points. Um, that said, hopefully he can get a knockdown here because Malarkey, like you said, has been knocked down yeah. by Jalen Turner, Michael Johnson, and Mohamed Naimov three in three times in his last five fights uh, alone. So you definitely got to put that into consideration here with Hack Prass to 8,700. I'll probably have a bit more of him than I usually would because of that. Um, and I'll have a little bit of Jamie Malarkey, but honestly, outside of Malarkey's chin, and how vulnerable vulnerable it generally is. I'm not too excited about this fight overall. Uh, I just saw Kelvin Gastelum fight last week, so I don't need to see it again here in this one. And uh, But yeah, I will pick uh, Nazrat uh, for this fight. And I'll go, like I said, a little bit more on him than I usually would, just because of Malarkey's chin. Let's move on. Let's talk about the latest addition to the car and the odds value we have to mention here. It's Tim Elliott versus Sue Murdarji. Tim Elliott is currently at minus 125, and Sumudarji is at plus 105. Because he was the late ad, Elliott's priced correctly at 8,400. Sumudarji is 7,100 because he was going to be a bigger dog against, against Alain Nascimento. So 7,100 plus 105. This, if you're playing cash games, you start here and then move on. He has to be in your cash lineups, period. End of story. You talk more about GPP. It's a whole different story, but Monk, you got the fight breakdown. What's up? Yeah, I think uh, really this is either guy is almost, you know, you could see value on either guy. Like you said, Madarji's at 71, so his opponent should be 91, but Elliot is now 84, so there's value on Tim Elliott just based on that, and the same way goes the other way. The same but thing Tim, goes the Tim other Elliott's way. Tim rough, though, because it's based on odds. Tim Elliott is still minus, right. one, is minus 130. He's not as good as Alan Nascimento. I think sure. Elliot's point is is priced appropriately. Sure, but we did not see um, Alan Nascimento get you know beaten within an inch of his life in his very last fight, like we did with Suma Darji. Um, you know, one of the fight of the year candidate and just an absolute beating that he took from Matt Schnell, um, for sure. So who knows what that did to him? Uh, there's also the nine year age gap. Um, I lean Suma Darji. Tim Elliott tends to go. He loves to go to decisions. Uh, he did get subbed by Makayev last time. Madarji hits hard, but I think Elliott's... I think this is just going to decision, man. So I'm on the Madarji side at 7,100. I don't necessarily think he's going to score well unless he gets a finish here, um, which could happen. But um, like I said, I, I don't I don't know much, or I don't know how much of Elliott I want at 8,400. I do think it's a little bit of value still, so I'll have him a little bit. Because um, like I said, Sue Madarji, we don't know what he's going to look like after that, uh, after that last fight. So... But I agree. All uh, most of the value is on uh, Sumadarji, and so yeah, like you said, I'll start with this fight and then build uh, build out from there. So this is where things get weird for me. Sumadarji is the cash game side; has to be a plus one hundred and five. I think Tim Elliott wins the fight. I think he's a little bit better. That awkward striking, I think, is going to give Sumadarji some problems. I think Elliott's probably the better grappler. It's close. It's a really close fight, uh, but I lean Elliott. And then on top of that. What I just said for cash game ownership, unfortunately, it's probably going to carry over to GPPs. And I don't love Sumudarji's slate breaking upside. And he's going to be 45 to 50% owned. Check the DFS Army ownerships. That's not my expertise, but the odds value, people tend to throw it in there. And I care less about odds value in GPPs because you need the six highest scores typically. There's weird weeks where, you know, just somebody's scraping in as a dog with one or one dog wins and he has to be in even if they score 60. Sure, could happen. But in terms of slate breaking upside, 
on a normal week, you need the 100, at least 90. And I don't know if he gets it here in a win. I don't think he's going to grapple. So the, 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 the style of Tim Elliott is a little bit awkward. Elliott's short notice, maybe maybe you catch him and can finish him, and then I'll lose. But game theory, too, he's the most popular underdog. I'm going to be underweight. As much as I just said play him in cash games, I'm going to be underweight and Agreed. Uh, go towards the Tim Elliott side for GPP. So a little bit of, little bit of math for the homies out there. Let's, let's move on to the next fight. Another dog I like, but I will say this is uh, probably going to be my namesake of the show. I'm looking at this as the kill shot, calling it early. Andre Muniz, he is priced at 7400 taking on, um, which park is this? Jun Young Park. Iron at, Turtle. At 8800 great nickname. The Duraya fight kind of turned me on Park. Unfortunately, I think he's got a bad matchup here. Um, Get into that in a second. Uh, the line on this fight, Park is minus 170. Muniz is plus 140. If I didn't mention Park salary, which I'm not sure if I did, he's 8,800. Here's my problem with this, is that Andre Muniz was, he's on a two-fight losing streak. He was favored against Brendan Allen, I believe, and favored against Paul Craig. And he loses those two fights, and now he's a dog to Jun Young Park. Um... I don't know about that, guys. Brendan Allen, we saw, is making a title run. And you got Paul Craig. It's fucking enormous for 185. And there's going to be a problem. And this division was able to out-grapple out -grapple a grappler. He was huge. Huge against Andre Muniz. Just mm -hmm. silly. That's not going to be the case here. Muniz just needs a takedown. He's got such a big advantage on the ground against most people. His striking looked decent. Looked like it had come along. I mean, Brendan Allen is really good in this division. And you got Jung Young Park, who showed that he's tough and is kind of fun with that awkward personality. But beating Eric Anders by split decision, and then yes, he finished Joseph Holmes, Dennis Tolulinen, and Albert Duraev. Andre Muniz is better than all those guys. I think this line is flipped. I think it's off. I like the grappling upside here, Muniz. Give me Andre Andre Muniz uh, to pull this one off as my favorite dog play on the card. Monk, what do you got? Yeah, normally I'd be on the park side, but the line is off. I agree. It should be a little bit more narrow, so therefore I like Muniz at DraftKings as well. And his path to victory is probably a submission, so you're going to get that finish. Hopefully a takedown, some control time maybe, unless he's working off his back. And then hopefully we get it uh, relatively quickly. Um, Jin Young Park, tough as hell. Um, been scoring well recently, but again, like you said, Ugly Man Holmes, Dennis Tolulun, and Albert Duraev. Yeah, he's putting up triple digits against guys like that. Uh, but you know, Eric Anders, he only scored 78. So at 8,800, I saw that and immediately thought that that was way too high. Um, so I'm going to be under on the, on, uh, the iron turtle this week. Hopefully his, his name value will up his, uh, his ownership a bit so we can get some leverage there. And hopefully the two L's in a row for Andre Muniz, uh, will work in the opposite direction in our favor this week. So I agree another dog pick here, um, for me as well. And Andre Muniz. But that said, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he can't get Jun Young Park to the ground, then he's going to have a problem. Um, that said, I don't think Park is going to score a crazy amount of points in a win. Um, so I stand by what I already said. But uh, yeah, I, I like an underdog shot here on uh, on Muniz. You may have it open, so you may, may be cheating to this question, but I did not know this. Do you know what number fight this is for Jun Young Park in the UFC? Uh, off the top of my head. I was shocked. 14. Nah, that's too many. Ten. I okay. did not think he'd been around. This is his tenth UFC fight. 
I did not. He's fought, and he got into the UFC in 2019. That's the surprising he, thing. So without boring you with with details, I'm I'm completely redoing my database, and I went back to when you know 2001, basically, and so I'm adding stuff <laughs> in, and it's incredible to see like who has been in the UFC since when, like. You know, all of a sudden I see names because I'm going in reverse order. So I'm starting in 2001. I'm through like 2014 now. And it's just incredible, like, to see who's been around for like 10 years or, you know, this guy has 19 fights. Holy shit. You know, so many guys like that. Who's doing the damn thing? All right. Let's go next fight up. Let's talk about Kevin Jusay taking on Song Kanan. Jusay is 8500 kanan is 7700 line on this fight song is plus 130 juice is the favorite at minus 155 monk you got this one first yeah juice might be the most french looking individual i've ever seen you know maybe if he puts a beret on he would be number one overall um i we we don't have much on him you know the fight against Kiefer crosby he looked pretty decent subbed him in the very first round there I tend to lean underdog here in Song Kanan, but I just don't know how he's going to score. Yes, he made the optimal lineup with a uh, kind of surprising win over Rolando Bedoya, uh, unanimous decision, but he was only 7K that week. So this week he's a huge, so he's been 7K and 6,900. Before that, he fought Max Griffin at set. He was uh, 77, which is what he is now. Um, so this is kind of a big step up as far as salary goes. And there's a lot of question marks here uh, as far as performance. So I think I'm going to have to lean underdog right off the bat and maybe a little bit of Jusset, just Jusset, Jusset, it's probably Jusset, just because I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know what we're going to see out of Kevin, and I don't know which uh, Song Kanan's going to show up. Like I said, he looked good against newcomer Bedoya. Before that, he had to fight Ian Gary and Max Griffin. So, you know, it's kind of been a roller coaster as far as strength of schedule goes for Kenan Song, but... Uh, I think I, I, I'm leaning him, another underdog pick uh, for me, but I'm going to have some juice in in uh, GPPs. For cash, I'm staying the hell away from this one. Yeah, I um, I agree with you in that it's hard. It's a GPP fight because I don't have a great read on it because both guys I don't really know. Um, definitely the fight I'm struggling with most on the card. I wasn't super high on Jusette coming in off the regional scene, but Kiefer Crosby wasn't great. Um, he does throw hard. I mean, I, I, sorry. So that's what we, on the Kanan side, he doesn't throw a lot, but when he does throw, he throws hard. Uh, it's, it's, it's another situation to me that it's what's interesting in that I think Jusette is the guy who will win minutes and song. We, we've seen it all of Kanan, Kanan's career. He's not going to win minutes, but he might knock you out. I don't think guy either guy scores particularly high, but I think Kanan's more likely to land a big shot and put up a big score. So it's fight pick Jusse because he'll win the minutes, and he's younger, and I, I think durable. And Kanan for GPP is my slightly preferred option because he's more likely to break the slate, but I don't like this fight. And But uh, total transparency, this is the fight I struggle with the most, watching tape. I'm like, I don't fucking know. I, I, mm -hmm. I just don't. I'm going to be pretty vanilla on this one. I'll probably be a little bit a little bit under on Jusay and a little bit over and make my stands elsewhere like Andre Muniz. Let's move on. Let's talk about another park because that's this car was supposed to be in China and apparently that's what happens. This one is Young Sung Park at 9,500, taken on Shannon Ross at 6,700. 
line on this fight. Park is minus 600. Ross is plus 440. Like, wait, this this guy, this guy is relatively brand new to the to the UFC. He's 8-0 overall. 1-0 in the UFC. He got his UFC win against Sung Duck Choi with a naked, rear naked choke in round three. Dude is a really good grappler. Um, Shannon Ross, on the other hand, can't stay awake in a fight. Dude is on a three-fight losing streak. Got signed off the Contender Series because he was fun. But he got knocked out there. And then since coming into the UFC, he's fight Cledson Rodriguez and Jesus Aguiar. And he has not made it to the end of minute one. Uh, I, I didn't say round one. I said minute one. That's why the line is so wide. And I, I cannot trust Shannon Ross. Especially when, if he gets to, like such a big, on the feet, I'm worried he's going to get knocked out by a jab. I just am. And then on the ground, if he gets taken down, Park is going to roll fucking through him. So if he can stay on the feet, he's probably the better technical striker, but is in danger every minute in my mind. Um, I will say he's not my least favorite paydown option, even though he's the least expensive on the card. I'll take a couple stabs on him. That honor, by the way, is going to go to the super awesome Carlos Hernandez we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, so I'll take a couple shots because if Ross does stay conscious, I realize that he's got a clear path to victory. It's just, I don't think he's going to do it. I, I'll, I'll be pretty high on, on park and not much Ross park is the play GPP for sure. Um, I meant when I went up an octave there, I would say parlay piece. Sure. A little pricey, but sure. Um, I don't love my, my my big parlays anyway. So give me Park. Monk, who you got? Listen, nothing you said is wrong, except I don't know about parlaying uh, a guy. He's only got eight professional yeah. fights. Shannon Ross yeah, has yeah. eight pro losses. This guy, <laughs> so much more experienced than Park. It's not even funny. You're, you're trying uh, to pitch me on brain damage. My guy's got more <laughs> brain damage. No, nothing you said is wrong. But listen, this we're talking about wide lines. Who the hell is Hyung Sung Park? Like, this dude has one UFC fight against someone that you don't know, Sungguk Choi, exactly. Um, so he has no, my, my, he shouldn't be 9,500 against anyone, and yet here we are. Yes, it's Shannon Ross. Yes, Ross has looked terrible, but he's also looked terrible against guys that have been at least in the UFC for a couple of fights. Um, I just think that he, everyone's going to be writing him off. He's going to be at like 4.8% ownership, and I'm here to tell you, that for GPPs, I'm going to have at least 15%. No, okay, 10% Shannon Ross. I'm just going over whatever the ownership is going to be. Uh, I think uh, Park could easily get caught here, and Shannon Ross could surprise everybody at 6,700. Would I be surprised if, obviously, Park uh, you know, knocked him out in a minute? No, because that's who Shannon Ross is, and that's what happens to him. But uh, I just it's too wide, bottom line. It's way too wide. Not touching this in cash unless I'm looking for a punt on Shannon Ross. Um, but for GPPs, I bet you I'll be lower on Park and higher on Ross than the field just because, I mean, yeah, and Park even won his. This is a dude who who's a graph, grappler, if I could speak, went 13 minutes of a fight without even attempting a takedown and then secured and won a submission immediately after landing said takedown after the 13th minute. Like, where is the fight IQ here? So what's he going to do against Ross? Like, I, I, I don't know, man. I don't trust him uh over under is what i'm doing for the uh for the favorite and the dog here 
Let's move on. Let's talk about uh, Steve Garcia. Yes, Steve Garcia and Melquiziel Costa. Uh, this fight line on that actually give you his DraftKings salary. Costa is the favorite at nine thousand. Steve Garcia seventy two hundred as a dog. Line on this fight. Uh, Costa's minus 275. Comeback on Garcia is plus 225. Steve Garcia is awkward, moves forward. Um, live, live dog. I can't, I can't say he's not, but I don't, I think Garcia is going to have a problem when people don't melt to the pressure he brings. And I don't think Melquiziel Costa is going to melt to that pressure. Dude has been around a long time. Looks like a really solid fighter. He's got 20 pro wins. He's 20 and 6. Uh, losses to Tiago Moises. Okay, but he beat Austin Lingo. Looked for good in that fight. Uh, coming from LFA, I believe. Like, I just... He doesn't seem like the guy who's going to melt. I think Steve Garcia has kind of overperformed. I'm never high on Jackson Wink, guys. I'm just not. Like, he got knocked out by um, Mahashate. And he lost to Luis Pena, who I don't think is that good, quite honestly. Um, and his UFC wins are Charlie Ontiveros. Don't think that guy's good at all. Chase Hooper. Chase Hooper's still growing and got to him. Just just did it. But I don't think Chase Hooper is great. Um, as much as I like him and as a fan of him, I have to be objective. And then he knocked out uh, Shailen Nurembeke. I, I kind of have to argue that... Um, Melquizio Costa is the best guy he's fought recently. And if doesn't melt to the pressure, which is Garcia's game plan, I think he's in trouble. I think Melquizio Costa is just a little bit better everywhere. I think he's a little bit better striker, a little bit better grappler. And the X factor is that pressure. So Garcia's live because anything can land with that forward pressure style and volume. And if it goes to decision, the volume could uh, pay off. But the guy who I think is better is Costa. And I think Garcia is getting some traction as a popular underdog, which Innately in GPPs always makes me like the other guy. Makes me like Moquizio Costa because I like that low ownership. So uh, that, that's how I have this fight. Monk, how about for you? Yeah, I don't have much else to add. I like the Melky Costa side a lot here. Um, the problem was, I don't, did we even talk about this fight last week or did we go on Friday last week? I don't remember. We went on Friday, I believe. I that's why. So the fight was already over. called off. That's so, right. Yeah, I, had, I felt like warmed over death. Yeah, I had uh, already spoke about this fight a couple of times last week. Um, but what happened was, is Steve Garcia on the day of weigh-ins was sick and that's super strange and interesting to happen on the day of weigh-ins. I think he had weigh-in issues obviously, and that could play a huge part, um, you know, fighting a week later after having an extremely tough weight cut. So I love the Costa side here. I think he's going to get it done. I think he's going to get it done early. Um, and I did see him walking around, uh, UFC Austin last weekend. So we know he's up and good. Um, all limbs appear to be functioning properly. So, uh, yeah, I'm thinking he's going to be ready for this one. Um, he's probably pissed at Steve Garcia for making him, uh, cut weight for two weeks in a row. So they, I'm they, going to uh, move this up. They did move this up a weight class, so they didn't have to cut hard. Oh, is this, uh, what they move it to? Is that lightweight? Okay. Yeah. Uh, well that that's better, I guess for, especially for Steve Garcia, but I think Costa is going to be ready to go and he can handle him. So I like Costa in all formats and I am not big on Steve Garcia this week. That's good to hear because I, I've I've actually heard I've heard quite a few people like like Steve Garcia and I get it I don't just ah, I'm I'm a slave to game theory I suppose but won a couple yeah. tournaments so I'm just gonna gonna keep on rolling with that 
I'm getting All vibes right. like uh, Diego Lopez type vibes from oh, Melky from Melky Cotha. Like I was a hater, if you will, because for lack of a better word on on Lopez and up until last time I really wasn't picking him at all and uh it just keeps happening so I think I think we're seeing a similar pattern here and I think he's going to handle Steve Garcia welcome to the Diego Lopez fan club yeah I don't know if I'm there yet he's still got the fucking Hawks wing across his forehead so I don't know come on who did who did he, he offered to step in for, for somebody next week I saw his oh, name yeah uh I don't remember who I'm I mean, so yeah, good. as you can tell, I'm still underwhelmed to him, but he's just going to keep winning. I have a feeling I'm on the wrong side of history is what I have a feeling on. on <laughs> yeah, that, Lopez. One, that one's going to be rough for you. <laughs> I can see it now, though. That's what maturity is, guys. I can see it. You know, I can recognize it, and then I can decide what to do from there. <laughs> Next fight up, let's talk about Luana Santos, 8,600, taking on Stephanie Egger. At 7,600, line on this fight. Uh, Santos minus 155, comeback is Egger plus 130. Monk, you're first. Yeah, last time I said this, I paid for it, but uh, I'm picking Stephanie Egger here. Luana Santos, only Ooh. seven pro fights, and her only fight was against Juliana Miller. Now, weird how last week people were shitting all over Veronica Hardy because her only win was against Juliana Miller and how shitty Juliana Miller is. And so we should all be betting against Veronica Hardy because of that. Well, here you go with Luana Santos. Her only win is against Juliana Miller, and no one that I've heard, no one is shit-talking uh, Luana Santos this week. So I really don't understand that at all. Um, that said, Egger, the much more uh, uh, experienced UFC fighter, and uh, she listen, she's only lost to, in her last three, Myra Buena Silva, who's about to fight for a title, and um, the, someone as good as basically Russian Rousey, but or Ronda Rousey, but she's from Russia. So those two opponents right there, I mean, what are you supposed to do? Uh, she did beat uh, Aylin Perez, who's everyone's favorite fighter now as well. Um, so that win is aging incredibly well, incredibly well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going with Stephanie Ager here, even though uh, she has looked awful in a few fights. I'm just going with the experience here. And, uh, yeah, since we're all about how bad Juliana Killer Miller is, I mean, how could we possibly pick Luana Santos, right? I'm picking Luana Santos. I will say this this fight, <laughs> what worries me is this fits WMMA mass to a T. Two not good fighters, take the dog and make your money. Yep. Um, I think Egger could do some damage on top. I think this is my problem. I think Egger's the best place for Egger to be is on top grappling. I don't know how she gets it there. I don't think she's a good enough wrestler here. Maybe some some clinch control on the feet. Luana Santos, I know, was against Juliana Miller, but her striking kind of surprised me. I just think she's slightly better on the feet, and I think she's more likely to get the fight to the ground and end up on top. Uh, it's not a confident pick at all, and I kind of think this is a sneaky fight to target in GPPs because I feel like someone's going to get a stupid-ass arm bar or... We've already seen uh, Edgar, was she heel hooked or knee barred? Knee barred. Like, it just, it feels like that kind of fight. I'm going to lean towards the fighter who I think is a little bit better striker, but it's not a confident pick. And a Stephanie Edgar win is not going to break my night. It's also not going to set me up in great shape. I'm probably going to field weight pussy this one. But but this is just a weird, weird fight. But make me make a pick. It will be um, Luana Santos. 
I'm not sure why I made you go first for that fight. It's supposed to be me. Hmm. Somewhere along the line, I got you flipped. You went first on the two fights in a row before that. Uh, I you were up. too excited to talk about uh, uh, Steve Garcia. Woo! <laughs> you know what? No, it's okay because that means I get to talk about Tatsuro Tyra and Carlos Hernandez. Tyra is ninety four hundred. Hernandez is sixty eight hundred. Line on this fight: Tyra is minus five seventy five. Hernandez is plus four twenty five. I'm all aboard the Taturo Tyra hype train. The dude is for real. He's going to get on top of Hernandez, and he's going to punch a hole on his fucking face and or submit him. Hernandez is getting taken down by, um, who was it? Was um, Nascimento. Yeah, Taturo Tyra is, yes. I think, a and real deal. Bondar and Altamirano. <laughs> just, yeah. Tyra is going to, should just wrestle fuck him and move on here. That's how this fight should play out. This is one of those that if Hernandez wins, I'm probably not going to have a good day, guys. Um, Tasso Rotire, I think, is a real prospect. I'm going to play him. I'm not going to waste too much time going on past that. That is my play in all formats and where I think the value is, even at that big number. Monk? Yeah, 9400 seems like a decent price. It's right uh, on average. He's been 96 his past two fights, and he's been 91 and 9K before that, so we're right in the middle here. His scores have been very consistently about 100, 102 points, um, you know, two over, 102 just under. So, yeah, I love Tyra here. I don't have really anything to add. He's going to wrestle uh, Hernandez and get a finish in one way or the other, and if he doesn't get a finish, he should still score well. Um, he's going to get at least three takedowns if this goes to decision, so uh, we know that's going to happen, and a ton of control time. So, yeah. Um, they are really slow building Tyra here, which I don't mind at all. And, um, you know, you can't really bet him at minus 575. I'd rather throw him in a parlay than I would Jun Young, uh, uh, not Jun Young Park, uh, Young, uh, fuck, dude, there's, I'm, I'm I so sorry. Young, I think that one is Young Sung Park. Young Sung Park. Yeah. I'd rather have Tyra than Park, uh, in my parlays personally. But um, honestly, I do think Shannon Ross has a better chance of winning than Carlos Hernandez this weekend. So, uh, yeah, give me uh, give me Tyra um, cash GPPs. I don't care. He'll be in every lineup I start with. Basically, or he'll be starting every lineup that I make. Last fight of the podcast. First fight of the card. Let's talk about Rayanne or Hyan. Is it Rayanne? I, I, she, I if know. she's Brazilian, which she is. Hi, Ann. Hi, Ann. Amanda Dos Santos, I believe. Uh, take it on Talita Alencar. Amanda is 8,300. Alencar is 7,900. Line on this fight as of right now. Amanda's minus 155. Has got some line value there. Plus 130 to come back on Alencar. I'm going to combat that here in a second. But, Monk, you get to go first. Yeah, I don't know. You know, this is a this is a fight in which you will have to do your fight tape for sure. Um, Dos Santos lost to Denise Gomez, uh, but she did not get knocked out by Gomez. She went all three rounds, scored thirty points in the contender series. You know, if you do scoring on that, uh, where Alencar went to a draw with uh, with her opponent. So do your fight tape here. Low, low. I got low, you though. Don't worry. I got you guys. Low level women's mma for sure well i mean if you want the stats dos santos scored less than two points a minute in her dana white contender series fight while alencar scored uh three and a half um and both fights went to uh went all 15 minutes uh, alencar also allowed much many more points than dos santos did but both women got outscored in their fights right there so i mean yeah do your tape low level women's mma 
I mean, it's a safe bet to just be field weight, right? Because if one of these women finishes the other, you're going to want a piece of that at 8,300 or 7,900. So, yeah, I'll just probably be around field weight. I'm leaning Dos Santos here, uh, mostly because of the experience. She has 20 career fights compared to just five for Talita Alencar. So, yeah, my uh, my chips are going on the Dos Santos side for sure. So allow me to try and sway to the other side. Now, I've done enough. I'm going to pussy middle the fight. You know, I've done it a few places. I'm going to take a stand here, and I'm going to be overweight to Talita Alencar. The reason why she got it drew in that fight is she beat the shit out of her opponent for two rounds and gassed out aggressively in round three. Uh, she is a BJJ specialist. Think Adolfo Vieira, quite honestly. Like, it's not quite that level of, of BJJ world class, but she is a specialist. This fight gets to the ground. Amanda's in trouble. Amanda is a well-rounded fighter, can strike, can grapple, can kind of do it all. She's good. She's a veteran. Just the biggest skill gap to me is the grappling. And Alan Carr's grappling is way better. And the mistake she made in that contender series fight was she gassed out. That's not a terribly hard thing to fix. I'm going to I'm taking it a little bit on faith and you know what you've what you can see on socials and all that good stuff that that she has addressed that. She's 4-0-1, she's, she's not yet lost. She is, I'm pull up the age here. She is 33 years old. She's got a ton of BJJ experience. Like, she's good on the ground, guys. Um, Amanda Dos Santos was also, by the way, uh, the last thing is she was the Invicta Atomweight champion. She's fought off at 115 before. It's not like she's never done it. But she's probably going like she is. Let me pull up the size. She is 5'2, 62 inch reach. Whereas Talita Alencar, it's actually, wow, Alencar is actually smaller still. That's mm. concerning. 5'1, 59 like 5'1, yeah. That's, I did not think that. So, wow, that's a pretty decent size cut for, um, so same does. So take the, take the weight thing out of it. Doesn't actually matter. Um, that was the last thing I, I looked at. This is the last fight I researched, obviously. I still, with how good the skill gap is on the ground and the fact that I think she could fix the cardio, I'm going to lean towards Alan Carr. Uh, she's also the dog. She's also the lead, the lesser value side. And I'm talking tournaments here. If you're talking DraftKings, cash games, if you want to play Amanda, go for it. She's the value side in DraftKings. I won't play Alan Carr in cash. I'll just pass. Um but for GPPs, I think she's got more, more more upside and less ownership. And I see a pretty clear path to victory here. So that's going to be my pick for this fight. Let's finish up the podcast talking about kill shots, the thing we all know and love. And if you don't know and love, first hit the like button, drop a comment with what your favorite fight is, just like I told you to earlier. And shame on you for not listening. But hopefully you do it now. A kill shot is an under-owned play we expect to potentially break the slate when you send money on DraftKings. It can't be somebody, someone chalk, so it can't be typically a main event fighter, would not count. Although, I would argue Chris Gutierrez could count this week. Yeah, I bet odd, he's odd not going to be owned at all. <laughs> yeah, so that's the idea. Is you don't want to pick the most the most owned underdog on the card. I'm gonna. I called it out earlier. I'm going to say Andre Muniz. I don't think he's going to be super high-owned. Check the DFS Army ownerships links down below to join DFS Army. And you tell me how awesome I am or how much I suck in Discord. Or just come chop chop it up and watch the fights on Saturday and get all your DFS content, DFS content, optimizers, all that stuff. 
Uh, but I'm going to go Andre Muniz. That's my kill shot. Monk, take us home. Well, you can jump in the Discord and tell me how shitty mine is because I never get crazy and we're if getting you say crazy. Shannon this week. Ross, I'm going to fucking hang up on you. Shannon Ross. I'm serious. I'm serious. I think this dude has a better Ooh. chance of winning than a lot of people around him. I never give you this play. Never. Hey, nope. look what happened when what happened when, when <sighs> whoever gave out Basil Hafez. People were all talking about that pick for weeks. Every time One Geek was on, he was like, like I got remember when I Vince was... picked picked basil for weeks at a time well i'm going for for that, greatness yeah. here okay that was vent vince did pick basil and another contributor i got a shot he's got two kill shots in a row and i believe i hope i'm not wrong i'm pretty sure that gino called yekka saragi which i whew, think so god bless who was I, mine I, last week i, I missed did that I say, one. did i say brundage last week I don't remember. Yeah. I either yeah, said Brundage I, or I, I said Hardy. Both both won. So I I'm mean, pretty I'm sure gonna... you, you said Brundage and I made the same face. But to be fair, hey Zach Reese, why don't you just let go? Just yeah, let go. You fair, just hey, saw it happen. You Kyung just saw it. Park. Who are you? Shannon Ross is here to clean your clock, bud. <laughs> Everybody's gonna be like, he didn't even last a minute. This fight's gonna go all fifteen, and it's gonna be Shannon Ross by vicious wow. beating. Watch, watch. <laughs> That's just how this shit goes, man. Every time so it's minus yeah. 2,500 to finish out jail now made on Derek Lewis. There's no way that. Le okay. 25 minutes later. What was everybody doing? We really should learn with, with Derek Lewis fights. I think people would <laughs> yeah. learn with Derek Lewis and for sure. No, this is a dumb pick. Shannon, it's a dumb pick. I never do this, Go but I'm it. doing it this week. My backup, it would have been Stephanie Egger, which I like almost, uh, you know, I like less, but uh, it, it's a rough week, guys. It's a rough week. The pay-per-view is in sight next week. UFC 296. Cannot oh, wait. Make sure you subscribe. Oh, oh. Subscribe as you can listen to that breakdown. I want to see you guys. In the, in Win the that Discord. Christmas money. Exactly. You got you to you gotta make some money to spend some money. Mel, you got anything else before we get out of here? That's it. I was going to say, get in the Discord, man. You guys got to make that money. Make that Christmas money now. The pay-per-view, last event of the year. We got to get it in. So we're not looking past this card, but we're kind of looking past this card. Uh, yeah, that's about it, man. Looking Don't miss next week's show. Don't miss next week's show. Looking forward to the fights for sure. Subscribe down below. All that good shit I already mentioned. That's what we got for UFC Vegas 83. Song versus Gutierrez. Guys, good luck in your contests. We will see you next time on the MMA Kill Shot Podcast.